From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Monday, February 5th, 2018, the day after Super Bowl 52, where Philly gets their Super Bowl, finally, um, in a shootout. Um, and and we welcome in to close out the stretch of on of close out the stretch of on your chest with Danny Flecka, Danny Flecka, who lives in Boston. Um, if you had told me that Tom Brady would have been perfect, not turn the ball over, uh, uh, sorry, not throw a pick, throw for over 500 yards, be able to move it like they did, I would have been stunned that they lost. Um, really interesting game, exciting game, high energy. Um, so the floor is yours. And take us, you know, take us wherever you want to go. Yeah, so it was a great game from like an offensive standpoint. You watch that game, you got 1,200 yards of offense. You know, people making great plays. Some of the, you know, best players uh, on the planet with Gronk and Grady making, you know, amazing plays and, and willing their team to stay in the game. But, you know, at the end of the, end of the day, while we all credit goes to Philadelphia, you know, I'm remembering this game for two things. And, and one was the set of balls that Peterson had and some of his play calls. Uh, throughout that game, and what the hell happened with Malcolm Butler and Bill Belichick? Because despite everything, at the end of the day, all the yardage, everything else like that, the Pats still had a chance to win the game, but you have to think, you know, as a Patriots fan or a football observer, that if your starting cornerback is playing that game, something different happens. Whether it's uh, a third down stop, an interception, a bunch of pass, whatever it might be, you have to think that that something happens in that game to, to you know, switch the narrative. So, you know, for me, that's what I'll remember. Those two things, you know, Peterson made some gutsy calls on fourth down. Um, everyone's raving about that. That reverse QB throw for a touchdown. Um, but, you know, the Eagles... I had a knack for doing that all year, going for it on fourth down. So it wasn't surprising to me, no, that they went for it. Uh, you know, when I'm watching the game a couple of times, like they're going for it on fourth down, they better stop them for no yards. They're going to stack or something. Because I knew that they'd go for it on fourth down. And, um, you know, again, what happened with Butler? What, what was so egregious that the guy dresses but plays one snap on a punt and doesn't sniff the field for, for anything? So... I was working um, all day uh, on a project that has a deadline, so I could not uh, really look much deep into anything besides headlines. Obviously, I saw the stock market had some issues today, but what is the latest up there in Boston? Does anybody have any idea besides coaching decision as to what happened? I saw Butler's quote, which is they bleeping lost faith in me or something like that, but is there any idea of what happened? You know, Bill was pressed on day in the conference call and he said, you know, you made the best decision for the football team. A couple of uh, uncredible sources are out there saying that he may have done something Saturday night into Sunday, such as, you know, getting trouble with the local police up there, maybe had some uh, weed on him. Uh, you know, something that would warrant, uh, you know, a suspension at some point in time. But, again, what violation occurred that, yeah, we're not going to play you, but we're going to dress you. And on top of that, we're going to start two corners. We're going to play these two people that really, they were 
squad players. Let's be honest with you. You know, John Zanamosi and, and Jordan Richard coughed up some big thing concrete out there. I don't think we'll ever get anything concrete uh, about the situation, but I think when you and I spoke last week, I said it has an eerie feel to that giant 2011 Super Bowl where the, the underdog never really felt like the underdog and, and yeah. had, uh, had, you know, some efficiencies on defense and I don't know if you remember that 2011 Super Bowl they made the city to not get kept off before the game and, you know, that could have made a difference for them in that game with Gronk Hobble, you know, 2011 and here we have to get something similar come up where uh, a key member or uh, a piece that, that could have maybe changed the game didn't, didn't play at all. So uh, it, it's odd the parallel that, that, that we got, but, you know, I don't think we'll ever find out what really happened. There's also kicking issues. And, you know, Belichick started out as a special teams coach, and... Uh, there were some weird special teams issues for both teams, obviously, but especially for the Patriots. That was not their best night. Yeah, I think, you know, when I look back at this game, too, there are a couple of big plays that stand out to me, uh, you know, just from the top of my head, and, you know, kind of go in order and yeah. best of my memory. But you know, the first play that, that stands out to me is a third down fall, first drive, past Torrey Smith, you know, contested pass, comes down with it, keeps the drive alive. Um, second play would be when the pass gets the ball back and they they drive down the field or inside the 10-yard line two times and aren't able to score and the, the one play that, that they could have made for the touchdown that pass to Gronk never really had a shot. Uh, then we go you know, a little bit further down and, and we see that the pass is down 9-3 are driving again inside the 10. They run a jet sweep to Brandon Cook who, you know, me watching it, I'm like, hit the outside, hit the outside, you got it. And he, he tries to jump over a standing defender. Leads to the field goal that they miss. So, you know, that, that's a huge play. Then, you know, the pass drive down, they, they make it 15 to 12. And um, I, I thought they had scored too early. And the reason why is that their defense was just terrible. And, they're down 15-12, and instead of going down 15-12 at halftime, they let Philadelphia drive right back and, and take the lead by 10 going to halftime. Uh, another play was that Brady, the Amadola-Brady pass. I, I love the play call. Don't love when they did it. It was third down, and and you had a feeling that they were kind of stretching. And they did something similar in last year's Super Bowl two with an Edelman pass. Uh, you had a feeling they were stretching for something, and uh, you know they go for it on fourth down after that, and, and they don't they don't get it. Then there was a play, I think it was like third down and eight, on a shallow cross to Aguilar, missed the tackle, he gets 18 yards, and then first down and drive continues. So you know, those plays right there stick out to me as, as plays that it may go any other way than maybe something change, but you know, at the end of the day they didn't, and, and we were left with Philadelphia winning the game and convincingly, really, at the end of the day they, they never, they trailed for for what, five minutes of that entire game they they had the big strip sack and the Pats were on their heels the entire game you know, on defense, they just had no life whatsoever. Yeah uh, they, they really didn't um I was, I was looking through our text last night to see if anything uh, was. 
The other thing that stood out to me uh, last night in this game was um, every time that that the, the poise of, of Nick Foles, that every time the Patriots would, 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 would creep, and I said this to you, I, I said, um, this is, a, uh, uh, this is exactly, what exactly what I want to talk about. Um, every, every, as, as the patch creep back, Philly had an answer, and that is something that we have not seen out of teams in this spot. They attacked, they attacked, they attacked. Uh, Mike Reese, who is Chris Carlin, former co-host in uh, Philly, was just on the fan, said that even on that third and five play at the end when they kicked the field goal to get it to 41, he wishes they had passed there and not been conservative. That's how worried he was. Um, give it to Doug Peterson. He was aggressive all night and did not play conservative. No, you saw it from the beginning. You know that the, the Eagles weren't scared. And, um, they could easily have scored in the first possession of the game if it wasn't for a false star penalty. Um, you know, big play down the field to Jeffrey. Big play down the field to Clement. Uh, you know, that touchdown, we can debate all day whether that was a catch or not to me. I, I think I would have reversed it, you know. But yeah, me too. If you're relying on a call to change the game, if you're putting the game in the official's hands, chances are you're not winning that game anyway. You want to go out there and make your own luck and make your own plays. But they were aggressive from the beginning. They were not afraid. And, uh, you know, Nick Foles made some great passes. I mean, he wasn't missing. He was hitting players in stride. He was making contested passes. You know, even when one of those plays on a big fourth down and three, I think it was, he's fading away. I'm like, oh, they got him right where they want him, and he's able to get it into Earth for a first down. And, you know, he, he just stood in there, and he made those throws, and they were able to get enough to make make third downs. And, again, I'll harp on this every single time I watch a game, third down, third down, third down. Get off the field or stay on the field. And 10 of 15, I think, were the Eagles, and, when you're 10 or 15 on third down in a shootout like that, um, chances are you're, you're putting up some points and you're going to win that game. And um, the, the Eagles weren't much better defensively, but um, a missed field goal, a missed extra point, and a strip sack you know, were, were enough for them to come out with the victory. That whole drive, that whole final scoring drive, um, uh, uh, sorry, not the final scoring drive, the Earth's touchdown drive, the fact that they took that much time off the clock, that every down they got was was chunks of yardage. The fourth down play to Ertz that was so crucial. And then the, and then the touchdown, which to me, I would have made the first touchdown incomplete by the way the law is, is said. Um, by, by the letter of the law this time, he was a runner. And uh, on the Ertz touchdown, that was the right call. Um, but just the way they methodically went down that drive and took all that time off the clock was really impressive. That's what the Pats have done to people, not the reverse. Yeah, I mean, they made some big plays, and, you know, when they scored there, to me, I was like, if I'm the Pats, if I don't stop them here, I'm letting them score. i got to get the ball back. I need a two-minute warning in my favor, and I need enough time to have a couple mistakes not hurt me. And... They scored, like you said, a correct call in the earth play. That was, that was a touchdown. Um, they get the ball back two minutes and 12 seconds, one timeout. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is it. It's over because this is exactly what you wanted if you're the Patriots. I think I remember back in the day, radio had a quote that said, uh, you know, somebody asked him, would you rather have the lead going to, 
going into the uh, fourth quarter, or do you want the ball last, trailing? And he said, give me the ball, trailing. Um, and here he is with the ball. And, again, a great play. And uh, I watched that replay a couple times today. And they had a great route combination on it. And Philadelphia is lucky that they got that strip sack because that play was going to go for big yards. But if you look at that play again, Right out of the right in shotgun with James White to his right, and he goes into the flat right away, and there's nobody there. If he would have just dumped it off to him right away, he would have gotten five, six, seven yards, gone out of bounds, and the drive continues. But for whatever reason, he was hoping for a play deeper down the field, and that was their undoing. You know, he could have taken the short, easy completion, I think, and gotten the first down there, and uh, he held off to just a little too long. And, you know, again, those plays are, are part of football, and the ball just happened to bounce right into Derek Barnett's hand, and that's it. Yeah, um, and then the final final drive, um, the the game-ending drive, um, the, that got off to a weird start. The, 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 the Philly defense, which had been run over all night, give them credit, they stepped up at the right time. They never got into an offensive rhythm with more than enough time on the clock for Brady and company. Yeah, I think that drive started off terribly with that reverse kickoff. You took a lot of time off the clock, hitting yourself back. Uh, you know, if you're looking to do something trick, you know, like that, like a trick, then you better hope you got some coverage downfield or, you know, it's going to work. And if it were me, I would just do a regular kickoff. Again, you want as much time on the clock as possible, best field position as possible, and they pin themselves deep. You know, they, instead of maybe starting off with the ball at the 20 or 25, they're starting at the 10, and the last second drive, those 10 yards make a huge difference, because maybe instead of throwing a Hail Mary from the 50, you maybe can run a couple plays from the 40 or 35-yard line of the Philadelphia Eagles and, and take a more realistic shot at the end zone, but um, it, there was something about the Patriots yesterday, and I think a couple weeks ago, you and I spoke, and I, one of the comments I made was, how does a team like the Patriots always survive all this drama? Um, and will themselves to, to victory, the Super Bowl appearances, and uh, there was a lot of drama in January with the team with the, the Seth Wickersham article, the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, the, the Tom vs. Time documentary, um, and then the Malcolm Butler stuff, and I think at the end of the day, as a team, again, I think it just takes a toll on you, and all the outside noise and the emotion of everything caught up to them, and at the end, of the day, you saw some comments and some quotes from people like Rob Gronkowski and, and other defensive players and, and stuff that, that has the emotions going over after a tough loss like that. That mystery will be the biggest mystery of the first part of the offseason before we get to free agency and, and the draft. What the heck led to that decision? Because at some point also... It's, it's got to be really bad to never step foot on the field. I understand if you're, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield and, and you have an obscene gesture and you want to bench somebody for a, a, a series or two or a quarter. That's understandable. But to bench the dude for the entire game when he's active and not activate somebody who you actually have confidence in and can play was bewildering. <laughs> and, and on top of that, Danny, it's almost like the best case for the Patriots is if a, 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 a cornerback would have gone down because then it would have forced Butler to come in. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I guess we'll never know what happened, but at the end of the day, 
you got to think about what had happened to the other people, too, mentally. You're, you're going throughout practice. You have the game plan in place. And apparently reports are that the Cats do about it someday, but that Eric Rowe and Butler didn't know about it until five minutes before kickoff. But mentally, you know, you're dropping out on the field there, and, and you're not a captain. You're not privy to that information. And all of a sudden you see one of the guys that had the most defensive snaps on the team, not, not just – you know, one of the most. He played on 99% of the defensive snaps. Not out there. And you're like, what the hell is going on? You know, what what are we doing? And, you know, it puts more pressure on, I think, other players to make plays. Maybe some people were pressing a bit out of position. Players not knowing their assignments, et cetera. You know, the further down the depth chart you go, the less talent you have. So, you know, they just not have the depth to recover from something like Malcolm Butler not playing. You know, if you're substituting Malcolm Butler for a 2014 remit, then, yeah, you do that. <laughs> you make that call, but you're substituting him for, uh, you know, a player like Eric Rowe, Jonathan Batabosi, and, and Jordan Richards. You know, collectively, they couldn't hold his job shaft. So, um, it was it's tough. You have three weak links on your defense, and everybody else is looking around me like, you know, what's going on? What am I going to have to do to make up for it? And can we make up for it? So... I think mentally it took a toll on the defense too, and then on the flip side, it puts more pressure on the offense, knowing that we have to score every single time. We cannot make a mistake, and um, they made some mistakes. They weren't perfect, you know, despite Brady's numbers. They left a ton of points on the field, and um, ultimately at the end, it cost them. And uh, you saw how emotional he was during America the Beautiful, and it turns out that that was indeed um, what what was up. Um, anything else you want to say about this game? It's interesting, you know, we, we have potentially a new team that's rising to the top. Really, they, they seem to be in good shape for the next couple of years. And with Wentz coming back, I, you know, I don't know what he's going to look like, but there's a chance, you know, he's going to be what he was this year. And you have a team like the Patriots that is possibly going in the opposite direction. So it's going to be interesting offseason. It always is in the NFL, but I think we may have seen a change in the guard a bit. Not necessarily that Philadelphia is going to become the next New England, but we could see New England possibly having to fight a lot harder to be where they were this year. Where is Nick Foles week one? Yeah, in Philadelphia. I don't see them trading him. I don't think Wentz will be ready. Uh, I think that if you're Philadelphia, again, most of your roster is in place. You lost a couple of draft picks, you know, over the years, but um, they're aggressive with trades, and uh, why, why would you get rid of him just to get another backup quarterback in there? I think you keep going with what you have. You have him on the roster for one more year, and worst comes to worst, you might rely and you might need him again, and whether or not he still doesn't force you up his ass next year, and it's a story for, for September and October, but uh, we'll see what happens there, but I think he's in Philadelphia, and uh, Philadelphia clearly goes to the next year as a prohibitive favorite. Um, you are a Giant fan. Um, number one, that commercial with Eli and, and Odell Beckham was filmed two weeks ago. So how do you think Odell looked? And number two, uh, what went through you when you saw those guys dancing? Oh, Odell must be healthy. He's jumping into Eli's arms, so... Uh, I think he has been healthy for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think he's back at it. But uh, it was funny. It was a great commercial. Uh, Eli was great throughout it. Landon Collins was good when he was doing his stuff. And, uh, you know, for a giant thing to see something like that, it, it does 
making me laugh a little bit. Uh, the fact that it was a highlight of the year for them is a little disappointing, but uh, it, to me it shows that, you know, Odell's ready to get going. Eli seems to be in good spirits, and at the end of the day, if you're a giant fan or a giant team, you watch the team you need to beat next year just win the Super Bowl, so you got to get back at it tomorrow, today, whatever it was, and, and kind of figure out a way to beat them. And we're one of the only teams to really give them a fight this year. But, you know, you just watch the team in your division take down the Patriots. You claim the fame with taking down the Patriots. So you gotta, you got to figure out something to be competitive next year. Thank you, my friend. No problem, man. That is Off Your Chest with Danny Flecka. We thank him for his weeks of, of uh, service the last couple of weeks with us. We thank you for listening to Teeing It Up, and we'll see you next time.